0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, February 28th, 2019. Broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will close out the show with my thoughts on. On what the Boston Bruins did before Monday's NHL trade deadline, I told you on Monday that I wanted to see the Bruins trade for Wayne Simmons. They did not do that. Wayne Simmons ended up going to the Nashville Predators. The Bruins got Marcus Johansson from the New Jersey Devils. As you know, last week the Bruins traded for Charlie Coyle. And I reacted to that trade as well, telling you I could not sign off on that because I thought that if you held on to Ryan Donato, you could possibly package Ryan Donato with a better draft pick and before Monday's trade deadline, trade for a better player than Charlie Coyle. And I think that you probably could have traded Donato and a better draft pick for somebody better than Marcus Johansson. I'll react to the Bruins' move At the trade deadline, Uh, I will also get to the Celtics. They lost again. I guess we're at the point now with the Celtics here in the post-All-Star break portion of the schedule. We're at the point where we're saying, oh, another loss. What else is new? What else is new with the Celtics and another loss? And that team looking like nobody is on the same page. It's just, it's tough to watch. Now, they did have a little comeback against Portland last night on Wednesday night, but they could not finish the comeback. There are some positives, though, and I will echo some of the positives today that I I told you on Monday's show, but the Celtics, they lose again, and the question now is, will they ever be able to turn it around this season? And we also have some NFL news that we should probably get to Is the NFL Combine is underway, and the new league year begins in less than two weeks on March 13th there is some NFL news so I will get to that all of it presented by DraftKings play for free at draftkings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. that's promo code PIC, PIC to play for free at draftkings.com today's show also presented by betonline.ag sign up today at betonline.ag And use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. There's a lot of action to be had from the NBA to the NHL and even college basketball. So place your bets today at betonline.ag and even try some in-game live betting on your mobile device. betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of podcast 1 Sportsnet betonline.ag and today's show is presented by IV League hydration look better feel better and perform better by jumping on the IV they're right here in Boston they have a new store in Southie but i keep telling you the best part is they can come to you you don't got to go to them they can come to you i also always tell you that jumping on the IV with Ivy League Hydration is great for hangovers. And it is, but it's not just for hangovers. Ivy League Hydration can help you with cold and flu symptoms, jet lag before a big meeting, or even your athletic performance. I know many pro athletes who use IV Hydration as part of their normal routine to perform at the highest level. And again, they can come to you. Check out their website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's IvyLeagueHydrate.com to see all of their different IV hydration packages. Look better, feel better, and perform better with Ivy League hydration. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, February 28th, the final day of February. So maybe by the time you listen to this, it will be the first day of March, right? So before you know it, we will have March Madness. Before you know it, we will have regular season baseball. And before you know it, we'll have... The NFL Draft, the NFL Combine, is currently underway, as I told you, in Indianapolis. And the big news today is that, and you knew everybody was going to be all over this one, Kyla Murray, Heisman Trophy winner, Kyla Murray. He's actually taller than we all thought. He's bigger than we all thought. Now, that doesn't mean he is tall or he is big, but they measured him today at the Combine and he measured at five foot ten and one eighth. So five foot ten, Kyle Amari. I did not think he was five foot ten. I didn't think he was five foot ten. He also weighs two hundred and seven pounds. If anybody actually cares about that, and I don't know how big his hands were. People always talk about that. I don't have that measurement for you because I just don't care. I really don't. And even if you gave me the measurement for his hand right now, I would, I would have to ask you. Well, is that big or small? I've no, I've no clue. Okay. I'm 5 foot 7 and I, I can't be sitting here telling you what's what's big and what's not but Kyle Murray is bigger than we thought. I didn't think he was 5'10. I really didn't. I thought Kyle Murray was like 5'8 5'9, at 5'9 at the most, 5'10. That's Russell Wilson, right? Isn't Russell Wilson 5'10, maybe 5'11? Maybe Russell Wilson says he's 5'11, he's really 5'10. But on Twitter today, there were people that were saying, you can actually, you can end up measuring taller than you actually are with better posture. You know, you could could give a night. You know, you want to stand up straight for a minute? You give a little better posture? So you can, yeah, they're going to say he's 5'10". Maybe maybe he's not actually 5'10". But that's the story. That's the news. Kyler Murray, everybody wants to know, is he big enough to be, is he tall enough to be an NFL quarterback? We have seen short NFL quarterbacks have success, right? We have. I mean, Drew Brees isn't the tall. He's not the tallest cat in the league. I just mentioned Russell Wilson. I'm t- so sure there's a couple others I'm not thinking of. I mean, you don't have to be Tom Brady's height to have success throwing the football or even running as a quarterback in the NFL. It would be nice. I think that, you know, I think that if you're an NFL GM, you probably prefer height, but you're not just going to draft a quarterback because he's tall, you know, if he's tall and he's an average quarterback, I mean, that, that doesn't make... I don't think that makes you want him um, any more than you would want the short quarterback who just won the Heisman. So Kyler Murray is going to get a look. I don't rule out Major League Baseball. I know people have ruled that out. I know Kyler Murray is looking right now like he's ruled that out. I actually don't rule that out. You know, with news that Major League Baseball was talking about changing changing the rule where teams can give an amateur athlete a major league contract. You know, they can give him a bigger deal, and perhaps they can let Oakland, because they initially had to sign him um, to one of the smaller contracts, you know, Oakland can now give Kyler Murray a bigger deal. Kyler Murray still, I don't rule out, and a lot of people have. I might be the only one that hasn't ruled this out. I don't rule out that Kyler Murray and his agent I may be playing the game here. And why not? Do you have to go to spring training? Do you have to show up at spring training? Basically, you show up to the combine, you commit to the NFL draft, and what you say over the next month to major league baseball teams and specifically the team that has your rights and has you under contract, the Oakland A's, what you say to them is, give us a better contract. And if you don't want to do that, we'll play football. It's fine. It's it's fine. He wants to play football. Oakland's sitting there going, well, we'd like him to play baseball. Major League Baseball's sitting there going, we would like him to play Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball's looking to get into the news for the right reasons. You know, they're trying to be a more popular sport. You see that with them just thinking about changing the game. Just thinking about adding a pitch clock. Just adding any type of clock to a baseball game. Thinking about, you know, doing things like uh, giving a a three-batter minimum for a relief pitcher you know talking about doing studies to lower the mound i mean major league baseball is almost desperate to try to improve their sport to the point where they can be in the headlines for the right reasons and look like a more popular brand if Kyler murray were to go through all this combine everybody's talking about his height his hand size is he big enough to play in the nfl he goes through all this and then he says you know what Oakland's offering me actually a new deal, a pretty big one. And to be honest, I'd rather play baseball than football anyways. Because there's, I think, more guaranteed success. There's more money. There's more guaranteed money in Major League Baseball. And uh, so I think that's the move I'm going to make. Major League Baseball, would love for that to happen. So if you think Major League Baseball and the Oakland A's specifically are out on Kyler Murray, just because he's not at spring training and he's at the Combine, you better think again. I, I don't rule out, and I know I'm, I'm a- almost on an island by myself with this, but I do not rule out Kyla Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner, who's under contract with the Oakland Athletics in Major League Baseball, who's currently at the NFL Combine, telling everyone he's committed to the draft. He's committed to being an NFL quarterback, a National Football League quarterback. I do not rule out that Kyla Murray ends up playing the game, getting a larger contract from Oakland and saying, whoa, maybe I should go play baseball. I don't rule that out. I don't think he's ruled it out. Again, I believe they're playing the game. And this is a smart move. This is a smart move. And, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not. Maybe he has has 110% committed to football. Maybe he is looking at the draft board going, you know, all right, number one, it's not going to be Arizona. Number two, it's not going to be San Fran. They got Garoppolo. Three, the Jets got Donald. Oakland, they're probably not going to take me at four. Tampa, eh, probably not. But the Giants at number six, you know, you're talking about New York. Um, You want to market yourself, that would be the place to be. You know, the Giants might take them at six. If not, maybe Jacksonville at seven. You know, that's not a bad team to be on with that defense if they can figure some things out. Uh, So... I don't know, he might be sitting there genuinely looking at pick six and seven overall in the NFL draft going, if the Giants take me, they want to make me their quarterback of the future, I'll do that. And I'm 110% committed to that. He might be. But, you know, if you were to even just be thinking about Major League Baseball, it would be a smart play to... Go to the combine. If you want more money from the athletics, it would be a smart move to commit to football. It would be a smart move to commit to the draft. Because Major League Baseball is sitting there going, what can we do to convince him to not do that? Oakland has to be sitting there going, what can we do to convince them to not do that? The NFL draft is April 25th. You know, that's almost a month in that's almost a full month into the regular season in Major League Baseball. There's a deal to be had there, I believe. And and if if Kyler Murray has not closed the door on baseball, this is a way to get more money. He's I think he could be playing the game. Put it this way. I don't rule it out. I don't rule out Major League Baseball still for Kyler Murray. But anyways, everyone's talking about his height. He's five ten. I didn't think he was 5'10". I think he's taller than we all we all thought. He's taller than I thought. I thought he was like 5'8". You know, I thought he wasn't that much taller than me. But he's 5'10"? Huh? <laughs> and, and, and does that change anything? I mean, does anything really change? Again, I just gave it a list of teams that could possibly take him. I don't think he's going to get top five. I mean, Arizona at number one overall? Yeah. <sighs> You know, they got a young quarterback. I, I don't think that's going to happen. 49ers got Garoppolo. The Jets got Donald. The Raiders, I think they're probably going to go more defense. I think. Um, And they got they got Derek Carr. The Buccaneers, I don't know that they're done with Jameis Winston just yet. But the Giants, I mean, even if they're going to commit to Eli Manning for next season... You know, maybe they commit to Eli Manning for one more year and they have Kyler Murray sort of waiting in the wings. And then it gives the Giants a pretty good excuse to move on from Eli. When you take somebody number six overall at quarterback, um, you know, I I could see I, I could I could see the Giants doing it. They took Barkley last year. They took the running back, now they take the quarterback. I could see the Giants doing it. And if not the Giants, maybe the Jaguars. Maybe the Jaguars. But you know who else comes into play? Getting away from Kyle Murray and just sticking with the quarterback position? Again, the NFL, the new league year begins on March 13th, which is less than two weeks from today. But the other quarterback that's in the news that can be had now just by signing a check, it's Nick Foles. The Philadelphia Eagles will not franchise Nick Foles, and that makes Foles a free agent. Now, I think the reason Philadelphia is not... The reason they're not franchising Nick Foles is because word got out of their plan. Word got out of what they were going to try to do. And what they were going to try to do, and that word that got out, was that the Eagles were going to franchise Nick Foles with the purpose of then trading him. Okay? Now... When this got out, Nick Foles and his camp obviously leaked the story, which was like, well, if the Eagles do this, then, you know, we're going to probably battle against that somehow. Like, the union is going to battle that one. Right? There's going to be some type of lawsuit. Um, They're going to fight that. Because that's not right. That's not right. Um... And so I think the Eagles are like, let's just avoid the headache. And so we're not going to franchise Nick Foles, make him a free agent. We, just probably, you know, it's probably, a, it's, it's the right thing to do for the Eagles. I mean, the guy came in and won your Super Bowl. The guy came in and gave you just a shot in the playoffs last year, this past year. They're just going to let him pick a team. Now, the, the question now becomes, where does Nick Foles go? I mean, what are the possible destinations? The only teams that I can think of that need a quarterback that it would make sense to add a veteran quarterback rather than taking a young kid in the draft. There's only a couple teams, three or four teams. You know, Jacksonville is one. If they think they're done with Bortles, and Jacksonville, they came out and said something this week that said they're committing to Bortles for now. I don't know that that means... That, I mean, that basically means... They're not committing to Bortles maybe in a month, right? Maybe if Kyle Amari is sitting there, sitting pretty at number seven overall, if the Giants don't take him. But also maybe now that Nick Foles could be available, right? Maybe that's a spot. The Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins, there have been reports that they're going to part ways. They're done with Tannehill. Let's wait and see on that. I don't know if it's official, is it? Is that official? What is the the Dolphins' plans at the quarterback position? Is it Foles? Um how about Washington? You know, you saw the injury with Alex Smith last year, a year after they moved on from Kirk Cousins when Cousins signed the huge deal with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, what is what does Washington do? I don't those are three options, I guess. Maybe Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got Dalton, but how committed are they to Dalton if Foles is available? And let's not make Nick Foles, let's not make him out to be, you know, like an MVP candidate, just hit the free agent market. He didn't, right? So I also don't think any of those teams that I mentioned should overreact. But, I mean, you know, I I, I guess, I guess, I guess maybe the Dolphins? (laughs) Like, that's all out of those teams I mentioned? If they don't want to stick with Tannehill, if Osweiler was their backup, right? They just don't see it with him. But they want Foles to come in. Maybe that's it. You know, Flores was with the Patriots when when they you know when they saw Foles. Maybe Flores now goes to the Dolphins. You got some Patriots former Patriots personnel at the Dolphins organization. They say, oh, we could get Foles in here. Yeah, you know, maybe that's the move. I don't know what else where else the guy would go to be a starting quarterback. You know, it's not going to be Denver. Denver just traded for Flacco. Um, you know, Baltimore's, they got their guy in, in Jackson because, and that's why they, that's why they traded Flacco. So, I mean, I, there's really not many spots. And again, you could look at the giants, but if the giants had a quarterback, it's going to be a kid in the draft and not Nick Foles. like, you know, that would be the... You'd want to talk about not... An organization that doesn't want to disrespect the two-time Super Bowl champ and Eli Manning. The ultimate sign of disrespect would be to tell Eli, Eli, we're moving on from you because we've just signed Nick Foles. I mean, let's... Again, let's not make Nick Foles out to be all-pro MVP caliber quarterback. He won a Super Bowl. He did a nice job last year. But he has not been... He's not an elite QB. That would be the ultimate sign of disrespect if you're Eli Manning and that organization goes out, replaces you with Nick Foles. Like, they, they just they can't wait to get their hands on Foles and get him in the organization. If it's Kyle Murray, that's a different story. I think if you're Eli Manning, you can understand that one. You should be able to understand that one. If you're a Giants fan, I think you should understand that one. So Foles, to me, I mean, there's only a couple options for him. It really is. And I just named them Jacksonville, Miami, Washington, maybe Cincinnati, out of those teams, though you know, I guess it all depends on what's going to happen with Alex Smith, so maybe it's Washington, maybe we won't see Smith that was a devastating leg injury, devastating injury and and so maybe you know maybe it's Falls in Washington, and he you know it's an NFC East team, he stays in the NFC East, maybe it is washington I'd say if i if you you know if you put a gun in my head right now I'd say the Dolphins or Washington, that's what I'd say for Nick Foles. Right, that's what I'd say. Uh, but who knows? I mean, who knows? Somebody could make a trade. Somebody could trade a quarterback to get a better pick and then sign Foles. I don't. I don't know how that's gonna work. But if I had to put my money on it right now, man, if I had to put my money, I would say my aunt, I'd say the Dolphins get him. I'd say the Dolphins pick up Foles. Make him their starting quarterback. And then with Kyle Murray, I'd say he gets drafted by the Giants' six overall. If he doesn't get the larger contract offer from the Oakland Athletics and sit there and go, hmm, should I take this monster contract from Oakland instead of playing in the NFL? I, it, I'm i telling you right now, it's possible. It is possible, but that's what we have with NFL news. And uh, again, the new league year begins in less than two weeks. Free agency begins. So it should be a crazy off season. You're going to have names like Odell Beckham Jr. on the trade block names like Antonio Brown in the trade block. Where's Le'Veon Bell going to go? A lot of big names out there. What are the Patriots going to do? Right. Where are they going to go? Are they getting everybody back? What's Gronk going to do? It's going to be a wild off season. And the new league year officially begins. On March 13th. So moving on from football. I did watch the Celtics lose to the Portland Trailblazers last night on Wednesday night by a score of 97-92. Celtics did have a little comeback late, but it fell short. It fell short. I mean, it was good to see the comeback. It was. Couple stupid shots by the Celtics. But it was good to see the fire. It was good to see the passion. It was good to see Marcus Smart diving on the ground. It was good to see Kyrie Irving when he was on the bench, you know, fired up, pumped up after the team had a big shot, giving high fives during a timeout. I mean, you like to see that stuff. It's something that uh, we've, talked about. we've talked about with this Celtics team that, you know, they're just not whether it's not getting along or not being on the same page. It hasn't looked right. It hasn't felt right. But when you get those moments, you go, okay, all right. I like seeing that. You like seeing it. I like seeing Kyrie fire the boys up while he's on the bench when the players on the court hit a big shot. I, I like seeing that. So I, I guess step in the right direction. After a loss like this, again, four straight losses, and they have, you know, since coming back from the all-star break, This is what it's looked like. Um, After the game, you know, this was maybe another opportunity for a terrible post-game interview from somebody. Now, if it happened, I missed it. I did see one clip of Kyrie sort of reacting in a negative way to a question about the team's confidence or his confidence, and he basically said that's a stupid question. His reaction was a little weird. But I think he was basically trying to say... You know, that's a stupid question. Of course, we're confident. You know, we have a ton of talent. And, and I, you know, I think he probably feels that way. I, I think at least they have to try to feel that way because they need to try to do something. And if you want to look at a glass half full, yeah, it doesn't look pretty. But they did have that moment where they had the little comeback last night. They're not saying stupid stuff after games. And let's face it, when you look at the NBA standings, the Celtics. They're going to get the 5 seed in the East. Because right now, that's where they stand. 37 and 25 is their record. They are 10 and a half games out of the 1 seed. The Milwaukee Bucks are the 1 seed. And teams ahead of the Celtics, the 76ers with 39 wins are the 4 seed. The Pacers with 40 wins are the 3 seed. The Raptors with 45 wins are the 2 seed. And like I told you, the Bucks with 47 wins are the 1 seed. So the Celtics are the 5 seed with 37 wins. You look at the sixth seed, it's the Brooklyn Nets. They have 32 wins. Uh, the Celtics, uh, five and a half games ahead of them. I, Celtics are not going to fall down to the, to the sixth seed. It's just that that's not going to happen. I mean, this team, I believe in them enough to the point where they're, they're going to rack up some wins here down the stretch, and they're not going to fall anywhere below the fifth seed. Really, for the Celtics right now, what you're playing for is to try to get home, just home court advantage in the first round, which means you need the four seed, which means you need to overcome Philly, and that's still possible. It really is. I mean, it's, it's possible the Celtics could end up with the with the three seed. Okay, it that is possible, um, but you know, I mean, they get their work cut out for them. I mean, they're running out of time, and when you look at the Celtics' schedule. It's not getting any easy. I mean, they do have a game that should be pretty easy for them tomorrow on Friday night. At home against the Washington Wizards. Celtics should... They should beat Washington pretty good at home. They should. That should be the game they turn it around. They better hope they do because on Sunday, you got a national TV game at 3.30 on ABC at home against the Houston Rockets. And then... On Tuesday of next week, another national TV game on TNT at Golden State. And then uh, a week from this Saturday, another national TV game, Saturday night, March 9th, in L.A. against the Lakers. And not to say that the the Lakers are any good, but, I mean, still, LeBron's going to show up for that one. National TV against the Celtics, Lakers-Celtics. LeBron will be playing in that one. He'll be playing better defense than what you've seen over the last couple weeks. That's for sure. Um, You know, the Celtics, they're running out of time to get home court in the first round. And, And, you know, I didn't think that's the only thing we'd be talking about them battling for. I thought we'd be talking about the Celtics battling for the one seed right now. But that's not reality. They've had issues. And given the issues, a lot of people are saying, well, the Celtics are done. As I told you on Monday, I do not believe the Celtics are done even after seeing another loss, their fourth straight loss on Wednesday night. They have all the talent in the world to turn this thing around. And, uh, I I mean, I believe they'll do it to a point where they're not going to fall out of the five seed. And so, at the very least, you play against Philly in the first round, a team that you do pretty well against. But you still have a shot to get their home court advantage in that series, which will be even better. And then, we'll see if... They can come together in the playoffs. I get it. it. Doesn't look pretty, and it's tough to have confidence in them. Uh, and everybody's, you know, now trying to point the finger. At least from the outside, we're trying to point the finger. You know, whose fault is it? And as I've told you, really, the last couple months, given the issues that they have with some of the kids wanting more playing time, being unhappy with their playing time, some of the vets not understanding uh, the disconnect between the older players and the younger players and, you know, some losses coming along with it. I mean, I've been saying the last couple months, Danny Ainge needs to take some of the blame here because I don't know how you couldn't see this coming. We were all talking about it. How's this going to work with Haywood jumping back into the picture with Kyrie jumping back into the picture, knowing how good Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier thought they probably played last year. And going to Game 7 of the East Finals. I mean, I think anybody with a brain could have seen that there was a... There was the possibility that there was going to be some sort of issue with this dynamic. And there is. There has been. And maybe there will be the rest of the year. You know, I, I don't know. But you cannot take... Because of that, you cannot take Danny Ainge off the hook. I'm sorry, you can't. I don't care if he answers the tough questions. You can't take him off the hook... You also cannot take Brad Stevens off the hook. Now, Brad Stevens has never, Brad Stevens has never encountered something like this before in his career. He never has. This is brand new to him. And I know he's been an NBA coach for a couple years, but he has never experienced this. The NBA teams that he's coached, I mean, even last year, with Kyrie going down late in the season, and from that point through the playoffs, Brad Stevens was coaching a bunch of kids. He was, ba- you know, he wasn't coaching the stars that Danny Ainge went out and got. Okay, Al Horford was out there. But you get what I'm saying. Al Horford doesn't come off as, like, a prima donna. Like, it's a different mentality. And I know Gordon Hayward doesn't come off as a prima donna either. But he, he he's just got a huge contract. It's just Kyrie was out. Hayward was out. Brad Stevens was doing a job. It was a project with some kids. That was still in diapers. Stevens was still coaching them up. It's different this year. You know, even those kids that he was coaching up, now their egos are getting involved. Right? Now money, potential money in the future is getting involved. A superstar who's going to be a free agent next year, that's getting involved. How to manage bad attitudes with some losing, with egos and contracts. It's all coming together. In a city of Boston, where the pressure can get so big, a lot of guys don't know how to handle it. Brad Stevens has never in his life handled something like this. He's never encountered something like this. And is he doing a good job? We can't say he is. I I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he's doing it. You know, he's he's failing this team. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he should be fired because he shouldn't. But I certainly can't sit here and tell you he's doing a good job. So he deserves some of the blame as well. But this is brand new to him. And maybe this is a good learning experience. But all of those things combined, the way I really do feel about the NBA is that talent wins out. And when I look at the Celtics, they got a ton of it. They got a ton of it. And if they, if they can't end up figuring it out at some point in the season, then, then that, that will be a very bad look for the coach. And it will also be a very bad look for Danny Ainge. It will. It will. Because talent wins out in this league. And if you have talent and you don't win, then the the president of basketball operations, the coaching staff, they all come under, you know, un, under heavy scrutiny. You know, like I, I think you, you have to criticize those guys. But I think they'll turn it around. At least to the point where we're talking about the Celtics battling for the three seed in a couple of weeks... You know, bouncing up to the fourth seed, sticking with Indiana. You know, Indiana's had some injuries. I you know, they got forty wins, but Celtics got three less wins than Indiana. You telling me they can't, you know, they play Indiana two more times. Um, you know, maybe the Spock this you know, people will look at the schedule and go, Well, this is bad. They got Houston and Golden State this weekend. This weekend and next Tuesday. That's bad. Well, maybe if you get a win or two there, maybe that's the Spock you need. Maybe that can be the turnaround you need. Maybe they need a West Coast trip. Maybe they need to make it interesting in Golden State. Try to steal a win there. Get people to start. I tell you what, they go into Golden State and win on two, next Tuesday on TNT. There's going to be a different tone. The narrative will be, oh, they've turned it around. Oh, they've, they've figured it out. Oh, they have that spark that is now going to catapult them to the three seed. And, and, and who knows where they'll go. Right. So don't tell me this thing's over with. Don't tell me the season is done because it looks bad. Sure. But it's not done. There's still time. There's still things that can happen that can spark this team. They're not going to fall out of the five seed. We know that. So. You know, the question is, can they get home court in the first round? And not only that, but but, you know, can they get a couple big wins here in the next handful of games? You'll have some, there's the opportunity here to get a couple huge wins. Possible season-changing wins. And knowing that, I'm not going to throw on the table on the Celtics team just yet. I'm just not going to do it. So, um, that's what we got with the C's. It was ugly against Portland once again. Good to see them come back a little bit and fight, show some hot. Good to see them not saying stupid stuff once again after a tough loss. But now you got to turn all of that into a win against the bad Wizards team on Friday night in your own building and possibly, you know, at least steal one of two against Houston and Golden State in the two national TV games that you get Sunday and then Tuesday night in Golden State. So, whatever happens there, I will react to it on Monday. Also in the NBA, though, a story that I have to laugh at because we've been doing all this Dirk Nowitzki stuff You know, he's. They put him in the. They give him sort of an honorable mention all star vote. They put him in the all star game. Um, You know, they give him some shots. Let him hit a couple threes. You saw the ovation he got at the TD Garden earlier this year. Uh, You said the other night, Doc Rivers, literally at the end of the game. The game was over. Doc Rivers goes over to the scorekeeper, grabs the microphone. And calls a timeout. Takes the mic. I've never seen a coach grab a microphone in the middle of the game. Calls a timeout on the mic. And then tells the fans to stand up and cheer cheer for Dirk Nowitzki. Give him a standing ovation. And they did. And Dirk was, it was a cool moment. You know, an emotional moment for Dirk. (laughs) But the story today is that all this stuff is happening with Dirk Nowitzki. He's telling people he's coming back next year. You can't come back next year. How can how are you gonna come back from the farewell tour? You can't come back from the farewell tour. Um Dirk Nowitzki can't come back from this. You, you gotta hang it up, dude. You gotta hang it up. I don't know what he's gonna do. I just I had a laugh at that headline. It's like and and, and maybe all these all this farewell stuff is out of his control. Maybe it's out of his control. They're just giving it to him. He's getting emotional about it, but it's like, yeah, he knows his career is coming to an end. Um I don't know if he sees some moves the organization has made and and is is saying to himself, "Well, maybe I do want to be a part of a team that could make a a championship run next year, so maybe I'm not done." You know, maybe they could squeeze me in for 12 to 14 minutes a night next year. I I don't know what he's thinking, but it's just it's going to be awkward when <laughs> when you know When Doc Rivers has to coach against him again next year after the moment that they had the other night, saying goodbye to Dirk Nowitzki. But uh, I just thought that was a funny headline. I had had to share that with you. But that's what we got in the NBA. And then finally here, I will close it out with my thoughts on the NHL trade deadline, which was Monday at 3 o'clock. I did give you a podcast on Monday. I had to record it before that 3 o'clock Eastern Time deadline. Uh, I had some other deadlines I needed to hit, so I could not wait around for that. And um I'm glad I didn't because the Bruins did not get the guy I wanted I wanted them to get. I wanted the Bruins to trade for Wayne Simmons from the Philadelphia Flyers. Now Wayne Simmons did get traded. He got traded to the Nashville Predators. And here's what here's what the Predators gave up. They gave up 24-year-old forward Ryan Hartman and a 2020, not this year, next year, 2020 conditional fourth-round pick, which becomes a third-round pick if the Predators win one round in the playoffs this year. So that should happen. So I think it's safe to say we could call that a third-round pick in 2020. I think that's safe to say. Let's say it is. It's still a conditional four. Um Hartman... And a 2020 third rounder. Could the Bruins have beat that for Wayne Simmons? Now, Simmons is going to be a free agent this summer. This is the last year of his deal. He's 30 years old. His numbers are down this year. His numbers are down this year. But, I don't know, if you watch Simmons and you're paying attention to him, I mean, what's he spent, seven and a half years in Philly? Um, I, He's got to be cup-hungry. It's not like he's 35 years old and is one of the oldest guys in the league. He's 30 years old. You got to be motivated in a contract here as well. You got to be cup hungry if you're him. The last seven and a half years in Philadelphia, you never made the playoffs two years in a row. In fact, the last three playoff appearances that he made with Philly, they never got out of the first round. And in fact, in those seven and a half years with Philly, um he only scored Wayne Simmons only scored less than 24 goals once. But that was only because of the lockout-shortened season in 2012-13. He scored 15 goals in 45 games. So there's nothing he could do about that. In full seasons he with Philly, he scored less than 24 goals once. He scored 30 goals a couple times. Uh this season Wayne Simmons in 62 games, has scored 16 goals. 16 goals in 62 games. That's 16 goals. It's six more goals than Charlie Coyle, the forward that the Bruins acquired from the Minnesota Wild last week in a trade which sent Ryan Donato and a conditional fifth-round pick to the Minnesota Wild. So Donato and a 2019 conditional fifth-rounder to Minnesota for Charlie Coyle. I told you last week that I could not give the thumbs up on that because I just thought that you could have packaged Donato with a better draft pick and got something better than Coyle. You know, it's not to knock Coyle. I think it's more so to praise Donato and the prospect status that he still has and the potential that he still has being a couple years younger than Coyle. Um, Right, he's four or five years younger than Coyle. Donato, I mean... To me, still it still has the potential to be a stud. I mean, he scored a an overtime game winner already with Minnesota. So I could not give the the I could not sign off on that Donato trade for Coyle. I couldn't. Mainly because I thought Donato, again, should have been held with a higher trade value from the Bruins perspective. But anyways, Wayne Simmons, his goal total this season before the trade, 16 goals, is six more than Coyle had. And it's also four more goals than Marcus Johansson. Now, that's the trade the Bruins made on Monday, right before the deadline. The Bruins acquired 28-year-old forward Marcus Johansson from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a 2019 second-round pick and a 2020 fourth-round pick. So I look at that, and I think to myself, wow, those two moves, Coyle and Johansson, are eerily similar to 2011, when the Bruins acquired Chris Kelly and Rich Pevely, right? Uh, In those seasons, before they were traded, Kelly had 12 goals with Ottawa, Pevely had 14 goals with Atlanta. That's very, it's eerily similar to the Coyle-Johansson trades now, because obviously, the Bruins chose to go with multiple forwards at the deadline, before the deadline. Then maybe give a better trade package for one forward in Simmons. They chose to get the offensive depth in Coyle and Johansson rather than give up more to just get Simmons. They chose depth over Simmons. And I know what the Bruins did that year in 2011 after they made the kelly Peverly trade. Also can't, can't can't forget about that. Uh, but I'm just talking forwards, just offensive players. We know what the Bruins did that year. They won a Stanley Cup. But they also had a goaltender who stood on his head. They also had, you know, players making just making plays that they would never make again. Um, a la Michael Ryder making a huge save. That's right, a right winger making a save in that with his hand. I mean, you just had— There was stuff going on with that Bruins team. They just— They rolled, man, and they won a cup. I— Can that happen this year with the Bruins? We'll see. When you get into the tournament, there's no other sport that gives you a chance to win your respective championship like the NHL. Just get into the tournament, get a hot goalie, and see what happens. The Bruins improved. I'm not going to say they didn't get better before Monday's trade deadline. But I will take the more talented player over the two depth offensive pieces any day of the week. And I do believe... That Wayne Simmons is a better player than Coyle? Wayne Simmons is a better player than Marcus Johansson? Because look at... And, and and if you do want to talk about value and what you gave up for Johansson and Coyle, again, you gave New Jersey a 2019 second-round pick and a 2020 fourth-round If you had told me... Put it this way. If you had told me earlier this year that the Bruins would have traded Ryan Donato and three draft picks... That included a second-round pick. I would have told you absolutely they'd get something better than Charlie Coyle and Marcus Johansson. They'd get something much better than that. And they didn't. And so, and I know they... We hear that the Bruins had their doubts with Ryan Donato. Fine. I mean, that doesn't mean the Bruins are right. It doesn't mean the Bruins are right. And obviously they chose maybe they weren't they weren't high on simmons they chose a combo of johansson and Coyle. but that doesn't mean the bruins are right on simmons uh, you know and and look i love simmons as a player you know he he can get greasy he can also put the puck in the net he's a physical player um, you know he comes off as sort of a no-nonsense guy out there i mean I'm a big Simmons fan. He brings energy. I think he's the classic case. When you look at his numbers being down this year, but you watch him play, I think he's the classic case of a guy who's in desperate need of a change of scenery. Get out of that Flyers organization in the final year of his contract. You know, get re-energized the last couple months of this season. Go on a playoff run. He is cup hungry. Don't give me the, well, Simmons is a rental. So you, you you couldn't trade for him. Well... Johansson's a rental. Johansson's on the last year of his deal. And in fact, the Bruins ended up giving up more for Johansson in order for the Devils to say, okay, we'll pick up 40% of the remaining salary on the final year of Johansson's deal. The Bruins end up... That, this, here's how it works. In order for a team to agree to pick up any percentage remaining on a player's contract, you have to give up more to get them to do that. So the Bruins, whether it was, you know, if it went from a, a better pick in 2019 or a better pick in 2020, they had to give up a better pick. They had to give something a little better in order for the Devils to, to eat that salary. Why do you need the Devils to eat the salary? Why not just, you know, stick to your guns on what you want to give up for a player based on his value? Forget about his salary the rest of the season. But you know what that tells me? It tells me that this is a typical Jacobs move. This is a typical Jacobs move. Anything to anything to even make a little more money or save a little more money. That's what. They, that's how they've. That is how this ownership has functioned for as long as we've known them. As long as we've known them. In my opinion, they should have kept an auto because look. All right, look at again. Look at what teams gave up for, for these guys. Look at what Nashville gave up for Wayne Simmons. Ryan Hartman, who you probably don't even fucking know, okay? Ryan Hartman and a 2020 conditional fourth-round pick. Not even this year, next year. Next year. Which is probably going to be a third-round pick. So we'll call it Hartman and a 2020 third-rounder. What if the Bruins had kept Donato and said, we'll give you Donato... And the 2019 second round pick that we ended up giving in New Jersey for Johansson, Donato and that second rounder for Simmons. I get news to you. That would have got the deal done. Maybe you could have said, I, I mean, maybe you could have still done the D- Donato deal. If you really wanted that depth forward and coil, you wanted that size. Maybe you could have done that. What if you had said, to Nashville, instead of getting Johansson, instead of talking to New Jersey about Johansson, what if you said to Nashville on Monday, alright um excuse me, not not Nashville, to Philly, Nashville traded for Simmons, so I apologize if I'm confusing them, but you get what I'm saying. What if you said to Philly we will give you a first round pick for Simmons wouldn't that have been better than Hotman, and wouldn't that have been better than what What, Nashville gave Philly? Yeah, it would have. It would have. You could have got it done, I think, with a first-round pick. Or if you still had Donato. And maybe Donato in that second-rounder. My point is, you could have got Wayne Simmons instead of Johansson and Coyle if you wanted to, if you're the Bruins. But based on some of the things that I've seen, one, it looks like Jacobs probably didn't want to do that because he knows he's not going to sign Simmons. Right? He knows he's not gonna sign Simmons, so that you find a way to give up some less give up something less for Johansson and also, you know, make the devils pay some of his salary. So it's a Jacobs move, one. And two, it's just that you know, I, I think the book is still out on Don Sweeney as a GM and creativity. Right? I don't know I still don't know if Don Sweeney's a good GM. So, it looks like a Jacobs move, but you could also make the argument that Don Sweeney, we still don't know if he's a good GM. We know he got a good coach in. We know he made that decision. All right, the Nash deal. Yeah, that was a good deal. But there have been some other moves, and I think this trade deadline's one of them. Like, I would have taken Simmons. I would have. And I just, if you had told me at the beginning of the year, if you you trade these three picks and Donato... And your only return is, your only return is Coyle and Johansson, and you could have had Simmons. I'd be sitting there going, eh, why wouldn't you have got Simmons again? And, you know, I, I just, I, I for that, for those reasons, I can't sign off on what the Bruins did before this trade deadline. I can't. Now, you could say, well, Danny, you made the comparison to 2011. Okay. Then we're not then I guess we're not talking about Johansson and Coyle. We're talking about we're talking about the goaltending being Stella in the postseason. We're talking about Tuka Rask basically locking it down and shutting all the haters up. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. I'm just, I feel like Simmons would have been perfect here. I feel like people would have loved him. I feel like the team would have loved him. I feel like he would have loved it here. I just feel like he's a, he's your typical Bruin. And I know we're in a day and age in the NHL where it's like, well, you can't, it's not all grit and checking and fighting. And, and, but Simmons has skill too to go along with it. I feel like Simmons is just a combination of everything. And people will point out, well, those numbers are down. They're not that much better than Johansson and Coyle. It's like, well, I just, I don't know, I I guess I I, I watch it. You know, I've I've watched Simmons a lot over the years. And don't tell me he's a dinosaur. He's 30 years old. There's got to be a motivational factor somewhere deep down inside. And I I, I think that there's probably a spark that he gets when he's moved to a contender. And Nashville's going to be good. He's going to have success with Nashville. Nashville's going to have success with him. Predators could win the Cup. Right? They could. And, if, I mean, if, I'm just telling you, if you're watching Simmons hoist the cup, then I'll be sitting there saying you should have probably acquired him because you had the pieces to make it happen. You had the pieces to make it happen. Um, that's not to say I won't be rooting for the Bruins to win a Stanley Cup. I will be. You know, I, but, I mean, if you're asking me what I would have done if I was the Bruins GM or if... We, that's how we do it. We're judging it. We're reacting to it. We're grading it. I'll give Don Sweeney uh I'll give him a B minus. I mean, when you add like this at the deadline, you do add depth. You know, Johansson, I, I, I'm i not saying I even, like, I don't mind Johansson. You know? Coyle, I, I like Coyle. I just like Simmons a whole lot more. I like Simmons a whole lot more. And uh, especially when you could have had him. You could have had him. You could have went to Philly and, and and beaten the offer that Nashville gave Philly. You could have. You could have. Maybe you wouldn't have been able to make the coil trade first. But uh, that's something. You know, I hope it didn't go down where Sweeney traded for Donato for coil, and then he gets to Monday and the Flyers say to him, "Well, hey, if you had kept Donato, we would have made that t- deal." And and Sweeney's sitting there smashing his head off a wall, going, "Why did I trade Donato for coil?" I hope it didn't work out like that. We'll never find out if that's how it worked out. I just, I hope it didn't because then you did a bad job. If your plan is to add depth and add the extra offensive depth rather than just give all that up for one guy and a rental for one guy, then, you know, that's your strategy. We'll have to see how that strategy plays out. But if you messed up, you know, if you fucked up here and you gave up Donato a, a couple days too soon, knowing that Simmons, you're going to have him talking to the Flyers, then, you know, that's a bad look. We, we'll never know that, though. We'll never know. I hope it didn't go down like that. But we'll just have to see how it plays out for the Bruins and certainly for the Nashville Predators. Oh, one more thing. Uh, Kevin Hayes, friend of the show, got traded to Winnipeg. I actually think I mentioned that. Uh, I mentioned that on Monday? I mentioned that on Monday. I mentioned it early Monday. Uh, But I did not get to react to the Johansson trade and Simmons being up for the taking. And the Bruins preferred to go with Johansson. Maybe that also had to do with them acquiring coil a couple days earlier. So that's my reaction to it. Anything that goes on here the rest of the NHL season, I will keep my eye out on it and react. The playoffs will be here before you know it. And um yeah, we're in a we're in a period right now in the world of sports where it's like there's a lot going on, but there's not like this is the dead period. This is the dead period. Don't have regular season baseball yet. Don't have playoff hockey or playoff basketball yet. The NFL's in the offseason. Um, March Madness is not here yet. We're almost there. Like, there's a lot going You got the combine going. There is a lot going on, but at the same time, there's nothing going on. It is the dead period. But we'll... We'll find a way to push through and get to the exciting times. I don't know. Maybe you watch the Honda Classic this weekend. Maybe you're watching golf. Maybe you're watching some fights. Maybe you're watching the WWE and the road to WrestleMania. Maybe. Maybe. But whatever does happen, I'll react to it on the show. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify. DannyPicard.com, and anywhere podcasts are available. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Danny Picard. I just released a new episode of 363 Off The Air, which teases something. So you might want to go subscribe and watch that latest episode of 363 Off The Air. Also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Uh, Stay warm. I am out, and I will talk to you again on Monday. See ya.